Well, thank you. Uh, I am glad to be back with uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I uh, was unable to be here last month uh, due to illness, and so I missed uh, many of you, but it is always a joy to be with you, and I appreciate the fact that uh, I have the privilege and opportunity to share uh, briefly the Lord's uh, Word, and uh, as we gather around that today, I would ask that you would turn to Psalm 80. Psalm 80, I want to give a... Um, a just an overview of this psalm, and it's so appropriate uh, to the time in which uh, we live. And um, I, you know, I hear myself saying that uh, just about every time I turn anywhere in Scripture, and uh, it just reminds me. And uh, I think it's a wonderful thing that in in which you would agree that uh, isn't it wonderful that the that the Word of God is not outdated, it's not outmoded, and it is relevant to everything that we uh, face and see today. And um, the, the, the burden that, that I know that we all share is that others would come to uh, recognize that as well. But this, this particular psalm, it could be entitled a revival song. Uh, and I know we speak a lot about that um, in uh, this time together and the prayer for that, and it's certainly needed. And Israel, Israel as a nation in its history was certainly uh, in need of that as well. And, you know, in many ways, Israel foreshadows our own nation uh, and teaches us, of course, many lessons, which is one of the, the many reasons I think that God uh, has preserved the Old Testament for us is so that we may learn from um, not, not only the, the, the failures of Israel, but their victories as well. And he's preserved that and, and teaches us a lesson, lessons through them. And so uh, we find a very interesting uh, refrain uh, in this song. And, you, and keep in mind, as we always read the Psalms, they, they were uh, set to music at one point, um, the, the musical... Uh, tunes are no longer extant, um, and and being being a musician myself, I, I would love to have heard what they sounded like, uh, and and maybe one day we'll sing some of them in glory. But but uh, the refrain, which is kind of like a cor uh, the the chorus to a, a song or hymn, we find three times within this uh, psalm, and so we do divide it into three stanzas. And you'll see that refrain as it says, turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. And what a wonderful line that is, again, that is a reminder of the fact that they, as well as we, need revival. So let's just go through it briefly. I'll give you three main uh, ideas here. Uh, there's, there's a lot here. Uh, that I hope that perhaps it whets your appetite, and uh, maybe even some can use this um, as you teach or preach. Starts out, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, uh, uh, shine forth. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up thy strength, and come and save us. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. The first uh, three verses, uh, we find a prayer for guidance. 
a prayer for guidance. And that's exactly what we need. We need that individually. We need it, of course, corporately in our churches or businesses. And we need it as a nation, which is the focus here. We need guidance. We have those who think that they're guiding us or they're attempting to guide us uh, in their various ways. And that's not always a good thing. But he starts out, give ear, O shepherd. And uh, they needed a shepherd to guide them. And they needed to recognize that that uh, the, the God of heaven was the only one who was going to be that true shepherd who knew them, who loved them, and who would lovingly discipline them when needed. And uh, I think, of course, we have turned from that. Um, and even the church is guilty, I think, sometimes of looking elsewhere uh, for guidance, even in uh, areas that don't have to do with uh, religion or theology, perhaps. And we're, we're placing all of our hopes and faith upon uh, mere men. Um, and we need to remember that the only real solution, and I don't think this is any oversimplification at all, is that the world needs Christ. We need to recognize him as our guide, guide our leader, our shepherd, uh, who is going to make things right. That's the burden that we have for the world. And of course, uh, many of you know, even if you're in a different country, we have a, an election year that's coming up for which we're going to need a lot of prayer uh, in our nation. And I found a, a, a banner that I really liked. It looks like a political banner, and I'm going to hang it out uh, at the first of the year in my yard. And uh, it's, it says on there, Jesus 2024. Um, and, and I like that because I think it, it, it is going to remind myself and others who pass by, he's the real solution uh, to our difficulties. It's not going to be found in politics. And the problem that Israel had, again, that we haven't learned from, is they, they strayed away from that. They began to look to other things, other people uh, for their guidance. And here's a prayer for guidance. And again, it ends that stanza with, turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Well, moving on, uh, number two, uh, in verses four through seven, there is a plea for understanding, a plea for understanding. Oh, oh Lord, God of hosts, verse four, how long wilt thou be angry against the prayer of thy people? Thou feedest them with the bread of tears, and givest them tears to drink in great measure. Thou makest us a strife unto our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves, and then the refrain, once again, turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. It, to me, it's interesting that, and by the way, this is a psalm of Asaph, who wrote uh, a dozen of the psalms that we have. And, and Asaph, we, we could look at this two ways. Asaph um, is giving his own perspective on, on how God is reacting to them. Um, and, you know, when, when we are not right with God, even God's own people, when they are not walking right, um, God doesn't seem to be good, does he? Uh, and so perhaps we are witnessing uh, a perception of uh, one who is, again, speaking on behalf of the nation of Israel, that, you know, Lord, why are you angry against our prayers? Why are you giving us these tears to drink, as he says, and so forth and so on? Then on the other hand, um, it could be also that they were in such rebellion, even as believers, that 
God was despising some of the things that they were doing, and the reason why is because they were doing it out of religious ritual, and they were basically uh, doing something that we are all guilty of, and, and it's very subtle sometimes, uh, but we can get to the point where many of the, even the good things that we do, we can get to a point where they become ritual, and we're simply checking off our are uh, divinely obligated boxes and not really uh, doing it with heart. And again, uh, that's a danger. That's a subtle danger that, uh, that we can all uh, be guilty of. And I think we have to be careful with that. It's very stunning when you start to read by the time in Israel's history, when they get to the prophets, uh, Isaiah begins his prophecy by saying, uh, the Lord, the, or the Lord through uh, the Lord through Isaiah, saying, uh, "Don't bring me any more of your sacrifices. I am sick and tired of them." And the reason why is because you're not doing it with heart. That's a stunning statement, and I wonder if if God gave us a, a, a spiritual report card how well we would do in that regard. We have to ever be mindful that whatever we do, it can't just be that we're doing it. Uh, out of obligation, but that we're doing it with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Israel had a problem with that. I think we often have a problem with that as well. But again, what is the refrain? The plea, the prayer thus far, again, is turn us again, turn us. And by the way, we need to remember that's not just re reforming. That is a one, uh, 180 degree turn from what they had been doing. And that's what we need to understand. When we ask God for revival, that's not just putting little spiritual band-aids uh, on what we are uh, doing. Uh, this, is, uh, this is something that we need to understand, that, that we are completely turning away from uh, where we have been uh, uh, going uh, and so forth. So, well, I need to finish out here in this last long section uh, and I, I'm not going to, uh, I don't have really time to read all of it uh, because of time today. But uh, again, here is another plea or a prayer for restoration uh, in verses uh, 18 and 19. And they talk about what they, uh, what, what God had, had previously done uh, in verses 11, uh, excuse me, 8 through 11. And then he goes on to talk about the, uh, the present decline in verses 12 through 16. And then again, as he ends, there's the request for deliverance in verses 17 through 19. And so let me read those uh, ending verses there. Verse 17 says, let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, upon the son of man, whom thou madest strong for thyself. So we will not go back from thee, quicken us, and we will call upon thy name. And then he ends with that chorus. Turn us again, O Lord, God of hosts, cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Um, Spurgeon, in his Treasury of David, says, Nations rise or fall largely through the instrumentality of individuals. It is by the man Christ Jesus that fallen Israel is yet to rise, and indeed through him, whoever deigns to call himself the Son of Man. Uh, they are delivered from the dominion of Satan and the curse of sin. 
O Lord, fulfill thy promise to the man of thy right hand who participates in thy glory and give him to see the pleasure of the Lord prospering in his hand. And so again, this uh, I hope that as we look at uh, our own nation, whether you're in the United States or any other, we will realize again that uh, the prayer for revival has to be from the heart. And again, it's not, a, it's not just a thing that we do. It's not a thing that we do without uh, being willing to uh, completely turn uh, and, uh, and about face and go a different direction if the Lord would uh, convict us uh, of that way. He says, turn us again, O Lord, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. That's a promise. That's a guarantee. And we need to do that again, as I say, both individually uh, and corporately uh, as, a, as churches and a nation. And so, again, I hope that this will be something that you will go back, look into uh, in detail. And uh, as, we, as, as we continue uh, in current events in our, our world, uh, that we will realize that the solutions are not found in um, more legislation or legislators, uh, but they are found in uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who uh, is the guide. He is the shepherd and bishop of our souls. And so let us pray to that end, and may God bless his word today.